0: Oh Listening to Astronomica, a home surgery and homeopathic bitching podcast. Oh.
1: I thought I was here to talk about my feelings. No. Oh
2: no, man. Oh. That's down the street.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Astronomica, a group
3: therapy session. <laughs> Gone very odd. <laughs> this is Astronomica, a stars that number role-playing podcast. What? I know that sounds like the joke out of the lot, but. <laughs> I am Stan the Star Master. That's what other people say about me. That's no, not what I say about
4: myself. Master.
3: We tried Star Daddy at first, but mm. it you weird. know, yeah, it, I kept, it really I kept did being weird. sexually excited. <laughs> That's his position on astronomical. <laughs> <laughs> and to my left is Hi, I'm
1: Colin, and uh I am going to be playing a senescent starship engineer named uh MacDonald Mackey Coburn. Uh, and uh, that's all I'm going to tell you for now. Can you tell us what senescent means? He's getting up there. A little long <sighs> in the tooth. Too old for the shit. I am Cullen, not to be confused
4: with Colin, <laughs> And I will be playing uh, Anton Baptiste Yoshida, who is the uh, ship's general gopher. 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 He's the galley officer, and he is um, sort of the, the combat specialist of the team.
2: Hey there, I am Kristen. I will be playing uh, Dr. Hildegard Hypatia Cade, and uh, I don't know what this ship situation is because I have not joined the crew, so we will have to find out later who exactly I am.
0: I'm Jeff, and I will be playing the MS Admiral Grace and also Murray Hopper, and the MS Admiral Grace is the ship, and murray hopper is a robot sometimes my consciousness is in the ship sometimes my consciousness is in the robot mm-hmm. but what does it mean to have a consciousness when you can alternate between bodies when one body can be the ship and one body can be the robot one one can have the consciousness and they're back sometimes they're simultaneous. uh flip the switch
1: i don't have a nacho recipe locked and loaded ready to go <laughs> i
0: feel like but, one should always have a nacho recipe yeah lunchtime.
4: really it's it's chips plus yeah chips plus mean, chips that's plus. really all you need it's
1: true that's also a computer recipe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and if uh, none of that made sense to you, stay tuned because hopefully it will.
1: Yeah. Hey everyone, Colin here. We just met uh, twenty seconds ago. How you doing? Thanks for taking interest in the Astronomica podcast and giving us a listen. I hope that you will enjoy what happens next. Before we get to it, though. I'm here because we decided that we wanted to issue a bit of a disclaimer here on the very front end of the pod. Here's what you should know. Astronomica Podcast was born and started walking during the hell year of Anno Domini 2020, and like practically everything else on Earth, our little podcast did experience its share of upheavals and mishaps arising from the COVID-19 pandemic. Of those upheavals and mishaps, the big one that will affect you, the listener, is that we only managed to record about one full episode's worth of content before the plague hit, an event which forced us out of our original studio space and into a different recording situation, which was far less optimal. So I'm coming the long way around the barn to tell you that after episode one, our overall audio quality takes a big dip for a while. It's a variable problem, and some episodes are better than others, and I hear that if you listen to it on a stereo and not headphones, that helps, and all that stuff. But it does go down. So we do encourage you to listen, because if you can get past the poor sound quality, there's a lot of good story content coming up in these next few episodes. However, if you give it a listen and find you just can't get around the issue, do not despair. We have a solution for you. Around episode 17, Anton gets his groove back, is where we managed to relocate our studio and re-optimize our sound. So if the audio issues get to be too much, then just go ahead and skip to that episode, episode 17. And right before it, you'll find our sound is back where it ought to be, and you'll also see that the crew of the Admiral Grace has recorded a little recap to catch you up on everything that you missed. So that's about it. Thanks again for listening. This is Colin for the Astronomica Podcast crew signing off. Enjoy the rest of the show.
3: Okay, I have prepared a piece of writing that I would like for you all to pretend you enjoy.
2: Awesome! Oh man, who do we have? The coffee? Do we have like? Do we have some little berets to pass around? You can just snap.
3: Lay it on me, (laughs) Star Master. (laughs) In the year twenty-one eighty, humanity achieved spike drive technology, accessing the vastly strange metadimensional pathways to reach the stars. The following centuries were an epoch of discovery and growth. We mastered fundamental forces, confronted our social demons, and seized the reins of our biology. By 2900, gate technology erased the logistical limitations of distance. Proximity between resources, industry, and labor became a non-issue. World-spanning cities, garden-like agricultural worlds, and orbital manufactories became the norm, and we prospered together. Then one day the gates failed. What we built in ten centuries, we lost in ten days. Our Eden's desolate. Our industry still, and our cities' brief orgies of cannibalism and violence, then silent tombs. Metal. Please fuck. remember to reference often
4: <laughs> the brief orgy of brief cannibalism, of cannibalism and violence. Yes. That is uh, that is where Anton came from. I feel nice, <laughs> and also how he wants to go
0: out, and the name of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Nice. My long-term goal is to omit the adjective
3: brief. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the year is 4451 and out here beyond the Cygnus loop at the edge of cultivation an ember of our golden age struggles to ignite and burn anew welcome to the Rhinegold cluster
1: Oh well thanks for having me dude Yeah I'm good glad good. to be
3: here <laughs> If we can like
4: trace it back historically makes it feel like it was built off of the back of Nazi gold
3: Right <laughs> Well it's a um, uh, yes. um, it's named after a legendary treasure which is what a lot of the um a lot of the planets and our systems in this sector are named for so the Gold is like a famous cache of treasure that was discovered in Germany. In the Rhinegold sector, there is a uh, statistically unlikely collection of uh, garden worlds. Ah, mm. excellent. So it became a um, kind of a prime destination for settlement in this, okay. in this region of space.
2: So speaking of garden worlds, uh, what world are we on?
3: You are in the system of Argo on the world of New Antioch. Um, okay. And there is actually a second planet in the system that is inhabitable, which is used primarily for agriculture. New Antioch is a Earth-like planet with about 0.7 Earth gravity, uh, resulting in architecture that uh, grows up rather than out. Lots of skyscrapers, lots of bridges between structures, and the the surface of the planet is mostly this sort of uh, beautiful, carefully cultivated wilderness. That's pretty dope. The architecture, by the way, is in a sort of Neo-Grecian style blends kind of greek orthodox religious architecture with kind of uh more modern obviously sensibility okay. and the benefits of the low gravity so um, lots of domes and spires yes. Thinking, yes. like okay. illuminated paintings and the
1: domed spires Hagia Sophia. The is there yeah. like a is there is there like a greek orthodox tie-in should we tell the folks at home that this is our third attempt
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey guys we're so good at this pause for edit three mm-hmm. times now
3: yeah. yeah okay i'm forgetting what details i've already given the planet is, it's the first extraterrestrial settlement of um, the Greek Orthodox Church. It is the first bishopric, not on earth, equal in stature to the autocephalous heads of the church in Jerusalem, Antioch, etc. So, the bishop here is, like I say, on par with any, any other head of the church. And is he also the head of state here? Yes. Unofficially, the, the state, the church and a kind of an outward facing front called the Reliquary Institute are all in practice maintained by the bishop and his synod. Cool. Okay. Um, They're theoretically separate entities, but in practice they are not. Okay, and what's the Reliquary Institute? The Reliquary Institute is a group that is primarily focused on preserving human culture, especially after the uh, collapse that led to all these different worlds being kind of stranded and cut off. They highly value artifacts from Earth that collapse, referencing the brief orgy of cannibalism and yes. violence. Yes, anything and not consumed or overly uh, humped, yeah, <laughs> is. Uh, uh, how long ago was the brief orgy of cannibalism and violence? Um, it was about thirty eight hundred when well. it collapsed, and the current year is forty four fifty one. So about yes. six hundred years. Yeah. So uh, do we
1: know? What happened, or just all of a sudden, like ET couldn't phone home no more?
3: Yeah, so the systems were connected by a series of gates that ships could fly through uh, to reach distant other gates really rapidly. Mm-hmm. Then one day, those gates just stopped working, and it was a sort of a wave that passed through human-occupied space at about the speed of light. So there were worlds that knew it was coming. That they couldn't do anything about it, and in fact, your character is from a ship that left Earth with evacuees to get through the gate before it closed, and they failed to achieve that. Okay, and you were adrift in space for a very long time, living on paste. Ah, paste. And well, actually, Mackie. Yeah, Mackie was actually born in space, Uh like hundreds of years into the voyage. Yeah, he was born on an accidental
1: generational ship. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't intended that way, but that's how it worked out, right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) What was the name of the... Um, oh, it was mm, So Good uh, <laughs> Emergency Food Replicators? Mmm <laughs> So Good Emergency Protein Rations. Yeah, not for nothing, but the initials of that company are MSG. <laughs> oh, all right. Mmm nice. right. So Good. Almost no residual human flesh flavor.
2: <laughs> well, what are we doing on this rock?
3: You guys, minus Hildy have been approached by a Mr. Grant Holiday, A man wearing a blazer. <laughs> 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 Which I don't think we referenced this time around. Uh, but no. We did
2: not.
0: It's my personal code never to trust a man in a blazer.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh,
4: shit! It shots shit. fired. <laughs> it's fair. But again, if one is to wear a blazer, you either <laughs> commit fully and wear a suit, and therefore I'll take you seriously, mm-hmm. or just don't. And be a normal person. Wearing a blazer is a half-ass attempt at formality, which really just comes across like you should be at a country club or at a prep school, and I want nothing to do with either of those. What about, like, the
1: Andrew Yang thing that's, like, the button-down...
4: Oh, uh, the, the like the tech guy that's wearing a t-shirt, jeans, and somehow also a sports coat? Yeah, fuck that. Okay, cool.
1: I was wondering... Yeah, alright,
4: Trust it, that even it. less.
0: Okay, can I, cool. Uh, can we retroactively change his name to Chad Halliday?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no.
4: Sup Aww. folks. Aww, My name is Thad Halliday. I'm here to give
3: you a dope mission. <laughs> His name is Grant holiday and he is wearing a t shirt, slacks, no t shirt jeans, and somehow also a blaze.
1: <laughs> okay, so do we where like where are we exactly? I mean, are you we like are, docked with a structure? Or are we like on a on tarmac? Where Yeah, are?
3: you are docked at the roof level of a um very wide mm-hmm. that is built for this purpose. It's um on a higher gravity world, there would be a space elevator type situation with a cable uh, connecting to a satellite. In this case, the gravity is weak enough that the structure can actually be built all the way up to the surface of the atmosphere. So that's where you guys are docked, and you've been looking for work. You can reliably find work by showing up at a world and offering to okay uh, do jobs. Are we expecting this guy, or is this dude just like is some dude and dressed like an idiot is approaching Admiral Gracie? You basically you announced basically via the harbor master that your ship is available for jobs. And so you're not surprised to have someone walking up. Okay. Okay, so we
1: we are currently (laughs) occupying space inside of one of the characters. Mm -hmm. Ew. (laughs) Yeah, right? But here we are.
0: We are the Uh,
2: intestinal parasites, guys. Yeah, okay. That is
0: remarkably close to my personal opinion of (laughs) all of the inhabitants of my ship.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess, you know, Mackie is just going through the ship doing his like checklist making sure everything's like stowed properly Mm -hmm. and you know making sure that all of the fluid levels and shit are topped off and uh that's what he's doing right now i'd I'd assume
4: that if if we're docked we're probably doing some sort of resupply Mm -hmm. anton's hauling boxes to and fro in general doing the physical labor involved in stockpiling for our next uh, voyage
0: uh, Hopper is also like helping you haul the boxes back and forth, mm-hmm. but he's reluctant to actually cross into into race. himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels gross. <laughs> some weird body autonomy issues mm-hmm. there. I have noticed on occasion humans' eyes go unfocused, and it causes them some level of discomfort or disorientation. I feel the same thing on a level that you cannot begin
3: to comprehend. <laughs> yeah, it seems real weird. So, Grand Holiday. Approaches, says, Hi, I'm Grant Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I represent a Mr. Jeff Cho. Can everybody please make a no check? Yes. That's going to be your intelligence and no.
4: Uh, I rolled a five, and I do not have either of those skills, so that
1: is going to count as a four. I rolled a seven, but I don't have no,
0: so that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a six. Okay. I rolled a ten,
3: untrained for a nine. All right, um, Jeff, you check your uh, your logs of important persons in the system. And you come up that Jeff Cho is an executive for the Stellar Destinations Travel Company based on Aegea. He doesn't have a lot said about him in the news. He appears to live a very private life. Not a figure of much scandal. But very wealthy. Uh, So Mr. Holiday says, um, I represent Mr. Jeff Cho. He has recently uh, made a purchase of a very valuable item. uh, Object ET-107. And... uh, I need someone to transport it to his estate on Aegea. Can I
1: do another untrained no check on ET107? Sure. All right.
3: Yeah, Mac, you don't know shit about that. All right. You <laughs> thought he said uh DT107, so you totally wrong. <laughs> hey, DT107. Uh
1: actually Anton Baptiste Yoshida. Ah, uh,
4: yeah. What I do you look a- like, dude? Uh so i like to imagine anton is uh you know his background he's he's former military uh he's a kind of a probably not super remarkable looking he's he's you know clean cut from his military days but he sort of let it go a bit do you imagine he's got one um golden hoop earring you know very like sailor-esque uh and he has a, uh, a mustache and uh i'd imagine that he tends to just like where is vac suit in general um just as a like hey i live in space sometimes shit goes bad and you know not having to take a few minutes to put on the thing that will save me from immediate peril seems like a
0: you sound insultingly close to alleging that your ship does not contain adequate safeguards to maintain atmospheric pressure (laughs) plus it picks up chicks (laughs) oh yeah
4: no you look you look real svelte if you're wearing you know form there's a certain kind
3: of spaceport lady that uh Digs a vac suit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Portisans. <clears throat> yeah. Yep.
4: Vac suit, scruffy, military, tattooed, earringed man. He, mm-hmm. he he tends to to get around. I'd imagine.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, so really, I guess what Anton's mm-hmm. thinking is, all right. So this man wants me to take a box and drive it somewhere. That's like probably the the least risk I've taken on a job in quite some time. So, fuck it. Yeah, homie, give me your money. I'll I'll, I'll move a box. I'm already moving boxes.
1: Hopper. I guess that's an internal monologue. But <laughs> yes, Mackie. <laughs> so uh you getting any uh have you have you put a sensor array on this uh on this guy? Uh, is he is he what he appears to be?
0: I do not know anything about this guy, but the guy that he works for is really rich. Alright, well that's a promising start. Uh what does Hopper look like? Hopper looks like Caleb Landry Jones, okay. Uh, if he was a Madame Tussauds wax figure, <laughs> that's so creepy. <laughs> yeah. And he has a permanent grin on his face.
2: Oh my. Okay. okay.
1: Yikes. And Mackie, uh, he looks like Peter Falk about circa The Princess Bride. He's wearing kind of like a threadbare, like flight suit with like lots of pockets and straps and buckles and shit like that and he's got like a beat up trucker hat like way back on his head and uh
4: will this story have all of the best sports like fencing, fighting, true
1: love, revenge? It, well, if it does, it probably won't be under my steam. I don't get out much anymore. He's like, hey, Mr. uh Mr. Holiday. This uh this cargo. Can you tell us anything about it other than uh,
3: a series of letters and numbers?" Um. <clears throat> well, it's a large shipping container, essentially. It contains a fragile and very valuable artifact. I see. A piece of art, which um, Mr. Cho has purchased from a um, local collector. Is this uh, what
1: they used to call a hazmat in any particular? Does it have any strange or esoteric properties? It does not. All right.
3: Well, uh, uh, it's a
1: sculpture. Not to be
4: too forward, you know, but... What kind of compensation is uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chow offering, for, Mr. For
0: Yoshida? You have been promoted to chief negotiator. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, now it's official. So, uh, yeah, what, uh, what, uh, which, what what, what, what you looking to hire us?
3: You know, what, what, what's it looking like? What's the pay? Provided this is a priority mission, that uh, it will not be backburnered for any other distractions. Mm, Cross my heart, Mr. That's Chow right. is willing to pay eight thousand credits, which is a substantial amount for yes. Yeah,
4: well, I don't see any reason to say no. I mean, we're already we're not doing anything else. So, Mackie, Gracie, Hopper. I'm sorry, I don't know what to call you
0: half the time. Yeah, you know, I kind of. I'm Hopper. I'm standing right in front of you. All right, I'm sorry. I, um, Hopper. Surely, even your fallible <laughs> organic perceptions can yeah. recognize this plain fact. Well, uh, right, Mackie, try like,
1: Mackie, like kicks you in the shin with the side of his foot and is like ichne on the. Elf, A, examination, A, of uh, stop differentiating between the two, all right? Just oh, don't You do, do that. raise
0: an interesting <laughs> question, though. It's <laughs> something of oh, a hey, conundrum. A hey, hey, uh, uh, nacho <laughs> is basically
1: something that has sort of a crispy texture, usually a corn chip, but it could just as easily be a chicharron or a par rind. and Mackie starts... Like reciting the ingredients for nachos very loudly mm-hmm. at Hopper for reasons
0: that will become clear later. <laughs> yes, the texture of corn is important. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're a strange group.
4: <laughs> yeah, we get that sometimes. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, let's load her up. Is there?
3: Terrific. Uh,
0: I will have it delivered within the hour. That's Mackie, it. please present the standard seventeen thousand page non disclosure agreement and indemnity form to Mister Halliday. Mackie just starts patting all of his pockets fruitlessly. <laughs> you know, um, Mr. Yoshida, you have been promoted to Chief Nondisclosure and Indemnity Form Distribution Officer. <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm going to go ahead and use my executive authority to just... We're good.
3: Yeah, I trust that... Yeah, we're good. All right, so he departs. Hildy. Yes. You are in your apartment. You just walk in. You've got groceries you're carrying and your little droid... Rolls up to Excellent. take them from you and put Aww. them put them in the uh, refrigerator. Good deal. And it says, "Bleep bloop, how are you today, Hildy?" That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got
2: my groceries.
3: Mm-hmm. You come walking in the door. You kick the door closed behind you. My
2: You're, little my little cat shaped robot is there.
3: Mm-hmm. This is a little, no, he's more like a little R two D two with a flat top. Oh, so uh, R. 2d4 or whatever sure yeah I don't those know are the best I ones because like you can put things on top of them yeah i don't
2: know i feel like if he Noble was a d4 it'd be like a triangle so it's more right. like r2d6 R2 D6. R2 D6, yeah. yeah yeah you're um, welcome
3: yeah that's good <laughs> uh no he has a little flat surface that you can set your groceries on and little arms that'll pop up and he will put your food away for you excellent
2: yes i do go ahead and toss that on there he
3: mm-hmm. does ask you how you're doing but you know that it, he doesn't care it's yeah. just, it's just <laughs> <laughs> he's not a, yeah he's, yeah He's just uh it it tested well with with focus groups, <laughs> the television turns on as you enter the room. You have a, you have a large, uh, it's a large screen, but it looks like kind of an oversized, thinner 1950s wood panel television set. Cool um, <laughs> console TV, just like grandma's. Oh house. yeah, yep.
2: well I mean that's, the little, it's got the little dial. Yeah, I mean that's trendy. It's that's a. Uh, it's yeah. got
0: a special unit that generates the smell of ozone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It puts out uh, heat off the top. It doesn't have to, but... (laughs) So you got a cat nesting up there. The show currently airing, which is brought to you by the Echo Corporation, um, which has a sort of a gravitic telescope array that uh, collects radio signals from Earth and then redistributes them throughout the Rheingold sector. It's a very popular source of entertainment, and it is currently detecting radio signals from the year 1955. Cool. And then, of course, any products that are advertised or anything like that, the Echo Corporation can replicate and then sell to you. So you can, at any point while watching a show, uh, tap on an object on the screen. Oh,
2: dude! And buy the Mm object?
3: Score. A lot of people with Archie Bunker, uh, (laughs) Lazy Boys. Eat your heart out, QVC. Right. (laughs) Got it. Next level. Yeah, from your friends at Echo Corporation. Nice. Uh, Currently, what's being broadcast is an episode of the Kaiser Aluminum Hour an episode called Mr. Finchley versus the bomb written by Rod Serling and starring uh, William Shatner thematically appropriate i want to go find that
2: yeah i, I know right mm-hmm. i'm kind of intrigued um i am well i am intrigued uh Hildy is hildegard is um, it's just kind of background noise she really just kind of listens to the tv for background noise mm-hmm. she's got some Mr. work to do Finchley,
4: let me explode <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, she's got her groceries in and, and just because she's in for the day, she's doesn't mean that she's kind of done. She goes back to her little office setting, mm-hmm. which is I'm imagining this place is not a huge space. No. So we're talking like, you know, really really efficient kind of use of space. So she's got a little cubby that's her study cubby, that's her home study cubby. Mm-hmm. She sounds so cozy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's gonna sit down there and pull out her research. And she happens to be a specialist in linguistics, working with the institute.
3: Yep, that is correct.
2: I know it's correct. She's my. Dear, al- I'm
3: saying I'll allow it. Oh, okay. <laughs> As your star master. <laughs> Fine.
2: But yeah, what she's been working on lately is um, she's kind of at the point in her career where she's basically done. Most of the research that she needs, she's she's got most of the letters behind her name that she needs. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if she was in a current academic institution, she'd be like trying to get tenure. So that's kind of the point in her career where she is right now. So she's got a she's I mean, publisher parish is still a thing. So she is definitely hustling to uh, get those papers cranked out. The only problem is that her area of research in linguistics is a non-Terran sentience, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, not super super trendy right now.
3: Yeah. So during the Golden Age, uh, humanity did make contact with intelligent alien life. But it is uh, sufficiently rare that um, contact has not been reestablished. And even in the height of human civilization, there were maybe two or three um, species that were encountered. Cool. So it's been six centuries since the last... Like contact with any kind of alien life. Gotcha. Well, with any intelligent alien life, alien life is actually fairly common in the sector. But um,
4: I'm wondering, is this disinterest in a uh, non-human sentience specific to the neo-orthodox uh, uh, church? Is it sort
3: of a I would say that religious the, ambivalence, or is it more of a um, I would say the church actually represents the greatest interest, interest and that it is still not very much. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> okay. a very practical. Um, concern yeah Hmm. the big question i think in modern life as far as alien intelligent alien life is whether it exists and that's a Mm -hmm. meaningful question yeah i think now that they know it exists it's and it's just like out of contact you can't reach it yeah it's it's kind of what what's the point is the general consensus yeah i mean there are people definitely that are very curious about it and want to know more but there's just no information there so there's
2: and and is
0: there is there like an alien like heretical cult
3: offshoot (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, somewhere amongst oh, the sure. cosmos. We'll have to see what tags I roll for the next planet you go to. But yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Hildegard
2: <laughs> is one of those outliers who she tends to think it's not enough to just know whether something exists or not. We know it exists, so maybe we should know a little bit more about it. So, what she's analyzing as she's sitting down and getting situated is um, there's some old tapes of what has been assumed to be recordings, I guess, of what is assumed to be some dialogue from difference of these species. Mm -hmm. So it's something that, I mean, we don't really know for sure what it is, but she's working on looking at the tonal quality and like measuring out peaks and waves and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. trying to make some trying to work on some hypotheses and theories
3: right identifying some from verbs.
2: that yeah working on a lexicon
3: yeah um well while you're working you notice that there's a little blinking light that indicates that you have a message uh, i suppose i shall answer it all right So
2: click on the light
3: all right the message is from a woman named chelsea caraballo uh, it takes you a moment to um, place her, but she is someone that you met at a SAIL conference uh, a few months ago. SAIL being Society for the Advancement of Interstellar Linguistics. Awesome. The first thing she says basically is, um, Hi, it's Chelsea Caraballo. We talked at the conference and you mentioned an interest in uh, alien artifacts. And when you found out that I worked at the shipyard, you asked uh, asked me to let you know of anything interesting there is a package that's about to go out, headed to Aegea, on a ship that takes passengers. And the package is numbered uh, ET-107, which is the uh, how we designate non-terrestrial or alien artifacts.
2: You don't need to tell me that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't ask you to roll a no check. <laughs> I wasn't sure.
2: <laughs> Clearly, you did not listen to me very well at the conference.
3: Mm. So...
2: Is, is this an actual is this a record? Is this a message that she sent me or is this an interaction yeah,
3: it's a message but in the future messages can be <laughs> there's a little AI in there that's like this is how she would respond to it. actually the AI in, in there is like oh this is how
0: she would respond
4: <laughs> uh, how do I program my AI to have maximum snark
1: <laughs> as per my previous email <laughs> yes
3: But yeah, basically gives you that information and uh, tells you to take care.
2: Well, uh, that's super useful. So yeah, I guess I'm going to go and see if I can look up any information on this ship. And what I really want to do is, I mean, I want to search everything. So I'm going to basically, into my databases, I'm going to toss in the ET-107 number. I'm going to toss in the ship designation that I got. And then any other identifying info to see what I can find out about what's going on.
3: Okay. Give me an intelligence and program. All right. Unless you want to give me, a, unless you want to argue for a different skill set.
2: Um, no, I think that's good. So you said intelligence and program. Yeah. Okay. So I have a plus one in my intelligence, and I have a base zero programming skill. So I'm going to add one to the die roll. And the reason I'm explaining this is because I realize Stars Without Number, while well, an excellent game that a lot of people play, is one that is slightly different from D and D in that we roll two d6 instead of a d20. Mm-hmm. And we uh, modify that by our skills and our stats. Slightly differently than before. Ooh, score. I rolled a 10 on the die, plus one, so 11.
3: All right. So the three of you, please improvise your um <laughs> your advertisement <laughs> that she finds. Uh, I feel like
4: um, I was only recently promoted to chief negotiator, <laughs> so I probably
0: have not had time to uh, reissue a new uh, ad- advertisement. <laughs> Mackie good. is the chief negotiator. Please do not give yourself promotions. <laughs> okay, um, I think that what happens is... I assume this uh, is all in the
4: recording. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
4: just like hey, slightly
3: off camera and be like, you rolled, you rolled well enough to like find the original files.
1: <laughs> you there's a, uh, there's a picture of Peter Falk... Or a video of
0: him. He's a little too close to the camera, a little out of focus, and he's gesturing. And why are you pointing at me? You are the one who is meant to deliver the message for the other meat bags no, to consume. No, Mac uh, Mac-, studies Mac. have Mac- shown that they will uh, not trust me. The microphone's not
4: on, <laughs> Maggie. Hold on, let me hit the button.
1: Hey, right, I got you. All right, All right and rolling. Hey. Consider the Admiral Gracie for your next sojourn amongst the stars. And then it shuts off.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They ran out of time. All right. (laughs) As for the ET one hundred and seven, aside from recognizing that uh, the the shipping code. which carries a certain legal responsibility. Uh, it's similar to like a hazmat designation, okay. as in like you have like a you have certain clearances with regard to the value of your cargo. Gotcha. It's considered a uh, priority kind of type of situation. Gotcha. So if there's some kind of like
2: so is there disaster,
3: any... your first responders are like, we got to get this, this gotcha. out of here. You know? So
2: I assume like the ET stands for extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial, and then the 107, like what is that designating?
3: The specific object is. Uh, enumerated, but you don't have any way of like accessing any kind of index of what it would be. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's deliberately like... it
2: It's some like proprietary or it's like right. it's someone's own designation but mm-hmm. it's not like a standardized designation right. that I can find any info on. Right. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, and then presumably I find out something about it belongs to Mr. Cho or that it's been purchased recently.
3: You know that it is... Uh, let's see. Uh, it belonged to... Someone named Flavian Stacy. Okay. You don't have any information on who it was sold to or anything, but you know it's being shipped to Aegea from the message.
2: Okay. And what do I know about Aegea?
3: Aegea is an artificial planet. It's a little uh, star system with no natural orbiting bodies, uh, or none of any note, anyway. Uh, there are two artificial megastructures that okay. orbit the star. One is called the nightlight, and it's essentially just a large sphere of uh, kind of translucent material that is, it remains perfectly stationed between the star and the second object, which is uh, Aegea itself. Okay. Um, A megastructure consisting of two rings that sort of circle around a central orb of water. Cool. And it's a sort of, uh, it's a product of the golden age company known as Monopole Gravitics.
2: Yeet. So we don't know. So it's the Golden Age stuff. So it's like we don't know exactly how it works anymore. It just kind of works and we hope it, if it doesn't
3: stop working. If it broke, it would stay broken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it's a, a it sounds
2: like it would be bad.
3: Right. <laughs> so it's these these rings essentially produce a form of anti-gravity that uh, maintains a spherical like reservoir of water, a large kind That's of ocean cool. planet with no core. Um, and the anti-gravity keeps it from achieving any kind of like deep water pressure that would destroy things in it. It is populated by uh, submersible estates and cities. There are communities that float around on the surface and it's a popular tourist destination for its beautiful pristine waters and also serves as kind of an animal preserve for ocean life from around the universe. Are there whales? Uh, yeah. There's whales. Awesome. There's tons Space of whales. Space whales.
4: Is this where you're from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, Anton will be uh, originally from Aegea. Mm. Cool. Which I guess will serve us well in this, our first adventure. Yeah.
3: Possibly. So you're familiar yes. with one of the major uh, <laughs> cultural practices of Aegea, which is they have a sport called raid. There are professional raid teams, and they uh, each kind of... Uh, floating city has its own uh, professional team these cities that float on the surface don't have any kind of um propulsion they just kind of drift but when two cities bump up against each other uh the game is afoot <laughs> and the raid teams uh attack each other with clubs and uh try to reach a flag in the center of the rival city Nice. Nice. Excellent.
2: All right. So I guess with that information, the the only other thing I need to know is basically how quickly do I need to get moving on this info? Like, is this ship leaving imminently? Do I have time to pack? Like, do I need to leave tonight or is it like I'll get up tomorrow morning?
4: Um, um, I think we may also be remiss if we don't discuss how, like the parameters with which we... In fiction, created this planet. I mean, just through our table rolls and stuff, I think, maybe oh interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Because, <clears throat> actually... like, uh, we rolled floating cities and ritual combat as, yeah. I think, our first two tags. <laughs>
3: Seagoing cities and ritual combat.
4: Yeah. Right. yeah.
2: So that is a cool thing mm-hmm. with the game, that you get to kind of create the setting with some really neat
3: tables. Right. And I have pre-generated some and uh, populated the system with uh, interesting places to go. But I've also specifically left some stars just totally... Unprepared, and so if you guys visit a system that I don't have prepared, I will roll the tags and uh, create it on the fly for you guys. Nice,
2: cool.
4: Sort of a procedurally generated
2: mm-hmm. tabletop world.
4: Correct. Say
3: a uh, long form improv. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's one of the fun things about the system is uh provokes improvisation.
2: Nice. So I guess I'll look up the flight plan for mm-hmm. the uh, Admiral Grayson.
3: <laughs> well, it's a little bit like the. Uh, UPS truck when it's going to show up when it shows up. Gotcha, so Um, I probably
2: need to get on it. mm -hmm. Okay, so then in that case, um, yeah, I'm going to immediately, Hildy's going to immediately close down all of her programs. Um, She's very meticulous. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to hail the ship.
0: A tracking number has been created for your package.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excuse me? Excuse me, I'm not trying to uh, send a package. I'm trying to contact somebody. A tracking
0: number has been created for your package.
2: Excuse me, I'm trying to contact someone about transport above, upon your vessel.
0: Mackie, Mackie, the phone's ringing.
4: Mackie. Hey, Mackie.
1: thank you for calling the Admiral Gracie Limited. Uh, how may we be of assistance?
2: Uh, yes, hello. Um, my name is uh, Dr. Hildegard Cade. Uh, I am uh, inquiring about transport on your vehicle to... Uh, the world of Aegea.
1: We have a number of guest accommodations that can only be described as sumptuous.
2: Uh, (laughs) If you would be interested.
1: That uh, is incorrect.
0: Some of them are luxurious.
1: (laughs) Uh, That is also correct. uh, Would you like sumptuous or luxurious? You can have either one. We don't actually have any passengers booked at the moment.
2: Well, it is... um, What is most important is that I have a cabin that has access to... I have recently learned that you will also be transporting something of interest to myself so a cabin that might be what
1: what what have you learned about what we we are doing <laughs> what we're up to
2: Ah, yes i don't know about what you are up to but um, it is a matter of public record here on new antioch <laughs> uh, that <laughs> ships transporting extraterrestrial artifacts uh, are registered and i have seen that so, there is a register uh, are of you your in transport. any
1: way affiliated with uh, mr cho
2: I do not know of this, Mr. Cho.
1: So, uh, if I'm reading you correctly, and you forgive me, the transition is a little crackly on my end. You want to book passage on our ship to snoop through a package that was a tracking to number us. has been
0: generated for your <laughs> package.
1: Yes, thank you, Mackie! Hopper.
4: Maggie, do I need to buy more groceries for the uh, for the uh, for the uh, passenger,
3: Maggie
1: <laughs> Hey, I... look, I, I yeah, better get the sumptuous ones than prefabricated <laughs> sandwiches and what have you. Uh, oh dear. So wait a minute, you want to book passage on our ship to snoop through the cargo that another person. Put on to our ship for uh, transportation. Is, am I reading you correctly on that?
2: Oh, no, that is absolutely incorrect. Because it's cool
0: if you do.
1: I, I'm just asking.
2: That's fine, <laughs> but uh, it is absolutely incorrect. What I wish to do is to book transport on your vessel to go to uh, Aegea so that I might study uh, and, and complete very important research on uh, some extraterrestrial uh, artifacts that you are carrying. This is a standard procedure. I'm surprised you do not know about this.
1: Oh, I Oh, no, almost nothing. I'm known for that. So, listen. Yes, but uh, in that
2: case, if you could please uh, forward me the information on the number of credits I must forward to you, I shall...
0: Mackie, make sure to apply the snooping surcharge on the usual fare. (laughs) Listen, we do have
1: a snooping surcharge. Listen, (laughs) can I call you back? uh, We're going to have to put our heads together about what we're actually going to charge you, because uh, (sighs) between you and me... I don't know what went wrong, but we haven't had any passengers in a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> that
2: is somewhat concerning, I must admit. But Mr. Please,
0: Yoshida, you excuse- are re-promoted to chief negotiator. <laughs> if, if, if
2: before I go, um, uh, yes, I, shall, I shall let you uh, please contact me here. I believe you have my, um, my coordinates, my number.
1: Did um, you, said, you, could, you said you were a doctor of some kind? I am,
2: yes. If you could please apply my faculty uh, discount. That would be excellent. Thank
1: I'm you. I'm certain that and exists. She hits, and bef-
2: at, right after she says excellent, she clicks the button to shut off the... Uh,
1: Mackie continues, <laughs> and we'll have figured out what we're going to charge you by the
0: time you get here. Don't you worry about that.
2: Mr. Uh,
1: Yoshida,
0: these sumptuous and luxurious sandwiches are the same. Do not buy any extra <laughs> quality of sandwiches. I wasn't going to make sandwiches anyway, but Okay.
4: Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just stick to the basics there come. so uh...
2: so then, yeah, so then Hildegard is going to start basically putting together her kit. She has she has worked in the field before, so she has kind of a standard field bag that she mm-hmm. puts together, um a few changes of clothes, a few basic supplies and everything. She, of course, brings her data pad with all of her ongoing research on it so that she can continue working on things. She posts to the necessary places that she is going to take a sabbatical um she's because her area of interest is so sort of stuffed in the basement like let's put it this way she's kind of the fox molder of her department mm-hmm. so when she says that she's gonna go leave to study something first off it's everybody's very, like Phew. it's very <laughs> yeah it's very likely that people don't even notice and mm-hmm. the people who do notice are just like thank god now yeah. So, yeah, so it's it's very easy for her to kind of, like, pick up and leave, even though she's quite serious about what she's doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, yeah, she's going to get everything together, um, take her robot and make sure it powers down and, and stows away where it's supposed to, locks mm-hmm. everything up, and um, starts heading to the uh, docks.
3: All right. Uh, you tuck away your robot and it immediately turns back on and goes oh. out and starts sweeping the floor, <laughs> 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 Bumping into chairs and stuff. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> You've left a mess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and she totally, she totally is like going up there, assuming that like by the time she gets there, they'll have figured everything out, and like mm-hmm. she can just sail right in.
3: Great. Um, right. So
4: here's here's what I'm thinking. Right. So this guy's paying us eight thousand credits to transport the big box, right? Uh, that's uh,
1: that is my understanding.
4: I mean, even even the largest person is going to be. Significantly smaller than this box, I'd assume. So if we come up to, like, a box is a one, and that's 8,000, and this person is probably a, like, (laughs) 0.2. Based on volume? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what's 0.2 of 8,000? You know, I'm not good at math. That's uh, We'll ask the computer about that, but, you know. um, I think that that only sounds fair. (laughs) 1,600. Uh, I I don't know enough to argue that. <laughs> All so. right,
1: that sounds good to me. Yeah. So uh, 1,600 credits for passage to Aegea.
0: Do not forget the snooping surcharge. <laughs> I call it a, an even two grand, I guess. Even two grand sound good to you? Correct. That is factoring in the faculty discount. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Listen,
1: you can spend an entire life among the stars, and you never cease to see wonders.
0: (laughs) That (laughs) is because they are without number.
1: (laughs) It's very true. Uh, So, uh, Hopper, are you Hopper or are you Admiral Grace right now? Are we on the ship? We're on the ship. I am Grace. Okay, okay. Uh, Gracie, I'm going to, uh, me and uh, Mr. Uh, Yoshida, Baptiste Yoshida, are going to go out and uh, welcome our guest. And uh, we shall return shortly. Do you require assistance in the person of Hopper? Ah, no, I don't think that'll be
0: necessary. I I think we'll be fine. Just open the big door and come inside. Are you sure you do not require any intellectual guidance?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, uh, I'd say it's safe to assume we always do that. But, you know, it's like we discussed. Through no fault of your own, and it's not a judgment, just an observation, organics can find you a little unsettling. So maybe let us be the tip of the wedge on this uh, commercial venture.
0: I have noticed a serious deficiency in organic life forms in appreciating the excellence that it is represented by my cortical functions.
1: I couldn't have said it better. Myself. Absolutely. I, I really couldn't. Have. Yeah, yeah. You, he's right. right? Yeah, absolutely. Kevin. Yeah. So uh, we'll go out and we'll meet the new fish and we'll be back here shortly. And uh, in the meantime, in between time, I urge you not to think about any Subjects of uh, deep existential nature.
0: I will avoid thinking of subjects of deep existential nature. I I went ahead and... To accomplish that task, I will have to categorize subjects of deep (laughs) existential nature.
4: (laughs) I I went ahead and compiled a a list of uh, about 12,000 Sudokus that ought to keep you occupied for about five minutes.
0: (laughs) I have finished the list of 12,000 Sudokus. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Mr. Baptiste Yoshida, please remain a moment and allow Mr. Mackie onto the tarmac. All
3: you right. always just tell him to do the same list a million times. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, Ma- uh, Mackie walks down the gangplank and towards the end of the, uh, I guess, the sort of like platform that we're landed on mm-hmm. and awaits the arrival of the doctor.
0: All right. Mr. Yoshida, do not allow any harm to befall Mackie. If any harm befalls Mackie, you will wish that it had not. You will wish that you were dying. You will not die for a very long time. <laughs> you know, I gotta say,
4: Grace, you say this every time you get on it and or off the ship. And, and how many times has Mackie returned injured in any way? So far, zero. You are on track. <laughs> right. I just feel like at this point I would have garnered some kind of trust, but... Okay, sure thing, But You got a boss. I am incapable of trust. <laughs> I, I've noticed. <laughs> Excellent.
3: You make your way through the beautiful New Antioch architecture, cross a few bridges between skyscrapers, and reach the uh, uh, Starport.
2: Good deal. So, so yeah. uh, what
3: does she look like?
2: So yeah, so what you see coming up the way, very purposely, purposefully, is a lady in sort of her, I would say, mid thirties to early forties. Um, She looks a lot like Miranda Otto with sort of short, like shorter length blonde hair and uh, she's kind of average to short I would say. She's not quite as tall Um, and she has a very no-nonsense demeanor. She is like purposely, like she knows exactly where your birth is. She knows exactly where she's going. Um, She is dressed. She's not dressed particularly spectacularly, just very functionally. She's got um, just kind of Does like. Does she
1: have one of those vests with all the pockets in it, like um, like a dad going on like she, what he thinks is a safari? Oh, she totally. <laughs>
2: she, well, she totally has like the actual, not like the dad go- who thinks he's going on safari, but like the actual like archaeologist in the field, but like space archaeologist in the field version of that. So
0: it's got like stains from like venomous things that she's fought off. Oh, for <laughs> sure, there are nice. stains
2: from venomous things. You know, vomit because like every archaeologist gets sick. No matter what. every Everyone who goes into the field gets sick from something. Um, but yeah, no, the pockets are there. They're just a little bit more streamlined. You know, she's got a duffel bag.
4: They're spacier.
2: Yeah.
4: okay. Uh, somehow that means
1: they have both more room inside of them, and also they're
4: sleeker. Smaller. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: So she doesn't have cargo uh, pockets on her pants. She has cargo bays. Ab- yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh, yes. yes. Excellent. Yeah, that's Dig exactly it. what was in the advertisement.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, as you approach... Mackie uh, like takes she
2: strides up. Yeah, so what does she see? Like what does the ship look like when
0: she's going? What does the ship look like? Yeah, Jeff. You are the ship. So, so the the ad, the MS Admiral Grace is um, is a free merchant ship which is a small frigate, but it is uh, considerably larger than the typical free merchant and it is actually it bears the unmistakable lines of a pre-tech craft. But It has been uh, retrofitted. All of the pre-tech functional equipment that was on board has been stripped away and uh, sold for parts or scavenged in some way. And it was just a derelict hull for a long time. And it has been lovingly and painstakingly recreated and retrofitted. So uh, there are large sections of it that are just structural struts with, like... Atmospheric fairing around the outside to make it like move through atmosphere but won't hold atmosphere within the ship. So there are passages where you have to like transition through vacuum. Oh, cool. Flavorfully.
2: Nice. Cool.
1: As you approach, uh, Mackey takes his trucker hat off and holds it behind his back and says, uh, Dr. Cade, I presume.
2: Uh, yes, that would be me.
1: Uh, I am McDonald Causey. We talked on the phone. May I present, uh, Anton Baptiste Yoshida? Hey, Hello. how's it going? It's nice to meet you. Hello. He yes. is.
2: I assume you have my accommodation secured and your price is Ah, uh,
1: the price is gonna be a flat two thousand galactic credits.
2: Ah, uh, no, I believe there is some problem here. Two thousand is considerably uh, considerably greater than I believe a ship of your <coughs> calibre might command. I will give oh, you no, I will I'm give sorry, you two hundred.
4: uh, I will
2: give you 200 Uh, Here I am transferring it to you now And she takes out her data pad And she transfers She already has like rung up your accounts and everything Transfers it And um, she looks at you expectantly Uh, Excuse me, uh, is this the way to my quotas?
4: I believe you're uh, forgetting the snooping fee
2: Uh, No, I did It it was figured in there Along with my faculty discount Yes, thank you 200 Um, credits is what I shall be paying you Uh, If you will please escort me to my cabin Thank uh, you I'm sorely
1: tempted to not let this woman on our boat I feel very insulted by this This is downright rude entire demeanor has been very reductive of our obvious uh, Do you not see the merits of this fine vessel?
2: Ah Yes, look the notice of this fine vessel if you will excuse me. It's, it's a piece me, of history. If you'll excuse me, and she goes to her data pad and she's gonna do a programming check is my is my bid here, a programming check with intelligence to look up all of the safety failures. Mm. Um
4: so like
1: a Carfax.
2: Yeah, she's looking up Carfax basically to show them like oh,
1: I'm sorry, a, Starfax.
2: Yeah, a Star Ooh, <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> yes. We
1: all just high five for the folks high at home. Five.
2: Also, most of us missed each other's hands. So.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like cool. we clearly weren't athletic. That's one of the reasons we're here. <laughs> uh, hey,
2: man, that's true. High-five requires
3: <laughs> athleticism. <laughs> Accurate and mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, give me that program check.
2: Okay, awesome. Ooh, I got a six total.
3: Luckily for you... <laughs> The failures of the Admiral Grace are public record. <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Some
0: would mischaracterize the atmospheric failure as a failure. <laughs> when, in fact, it was a deliberate choice. <laughs> it's a
2: it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> yeah.
3: They don't have the uh, necessary licenses in order to carry passengers.
2: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, she holds that information Oops. up on the pad and, and looks at you expectantly. Uh, yes. I believe uh, with this information... 200 credits is more than generous. Yes, gentlemen?
1: Mackey's his smile kind of fr- like freezes on his face, okay. and he looks over I, at I, Anton. I gotta say, all right. Uh, he did just promote me to
4: negotiator a minute ago, right? I believe okay. he did, yes.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> negotiating voice.
4: Here we are. Madam. A doctor. Here, oh. Well. Doctor. Doctor. I'm sorry. Uh, Cade. Cade. How's about, from what I've gathered, through your demeanor and via our our phone correspondence, I think that we should probably come to some sort of compromise here. Because, no, we're not exactly a, um, legit... No, we are legitimate. We're not exactly a licensed... Personnel transport, per se uh, Yes,
2: that is exactly what the However say. Yes.
4: Would you prefer That we not tell Mr. Cho That we have some Snooping doctor Checking out his art piece Before he gets it
2: Ah, uh, Well, here is my compromise for you I mm. do not care if Mr. Chon knows that I am snooping. If he is genuinely a, co- a collector of such artifacts, then it would be important for him that these artifacts would be, um, shall we say, uh, confirmed as uh, accurate and true artifacts of an extraterrestrial species. It. And so,
4: That's I would only—I right? would only mm. add
2: to the prestige. Of his object. So here's my compromise for you. How Mm -hmm. about instead of paying you 200, I can easily uh, cancel this transfer. I shall sign on as crew and then you will not get in trouble for having a passenger, which you are not allowed to have. And I shall provide you and uh, uh, Mr. uh, McDonald here.
1: You can call me Mackie.
2: Mr. Mackey. Everyone calls him
1: Mackey, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I
2: will pro- provide you and Mr. Mackey and the Admiral Gracie, who it seems uh, is an artificial intelligence ship, no?
1: Uh, listen, uh, uh, yes, 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 artificial we don't, intelligence. We don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about uh, Listen on, anything, uh, on the ship.
2: I, I shall provide doctor, you with doctor, my expertise uh, doctor, in exchange for passage
1: Doctor. Well, doctor, doctor I, okay. Doctor, may I confer with my colleague for a moment?
2: Uh, absolutely. but and she looks down at her at uh, her timepiece. I believe it is uh, very important that it we will only be
1: to... a moment. It will only be a moment. I just, and i I, I
4: take just uh, don't see how our expertise is going to be particularly relevant to our our undertaking
1: is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. you know I, I I kind of like <laughs> get you by the elbow and like drag you off a few feet and like turn my back on the doctor. And I look at you. And I'm like, She is terrifying.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, that was was a lot to handle. I I, I agree with that. I just want to
3: chime in as Star Master to point out that uh, 200 credits could get you out of a couple of jams. Oh, no, she's
2: already taken that back. (laughs) Hopper's
0: Hopper's head uh, is, like,
1: watching you fight from the airlock. uh, Can I I roll a notice check to (laughs) see Hopper's head? (laughs) Yeah, roll a notice check.
4: Jeez, it's a seven all day do i see
0: uh do I see hopper I don't have
2: anything extra oh, yeah, yeah
0: as soon as you as soon as you turn around and look <laughs> at me <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right all right so uh yeah,
1: so she's terrifying uh look I'm thinking Let's- we just cut our losses here and uh we let her aboard here's the thing I've been here a minute follow my lead on this. We just got to pretend that this was the plan the whole time. Can okay. you do that for me? But the 200 credits, though. Uh, I mean. I guess we should insist on that, right? Uh, well, I mean, we're
4: already getting paid 8000 yeah. So it seems like small potatoes. It does. it does seem like small potatoes. And I mean, really, we can put vacuum between us and her so I would we like really that. don't if, if actually that, have
1: to deal with her. If that can be arranged, I would like that very oh, much. Oh yeah, yes. that's, that's that's easy. All right. Uh, well, I guess this is a done deal. Do you want to read the disclaimer, or should I? Um, that seems like. I mean, you're the XO, right? I, I don't even know what I am these days. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So Mackie turns okay. around and comes back to you and says. I believe that your offer, as previously stated, will be amenable to us. Uh, before you go aboard, I have a little bit of legal boilerplate I need to read to you. Excellent.
4: I'm ahead inside. Right. I'd offer to carry your bags, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> fine. I
2: do not need your assistance. I am quite able to manage on my own. Thank you.
1: So uh, Mackie reaches into one of his pockets, his ample pockets on his uh, flight suit, and pulls out like a crumpled up printout, and he like smooths <laughs> it out. And uh, also a pair of readers, which he perches on the edge of his nose, and he reads to you, Welcome aboard the Admiral Gracie Limited Liability Corporation. We hope that you enjoy your time with us. Management would like to respectfully request that passengers refrain during flight from the discussion of certain topics with Hopper slash Admiral Gracie, including, but not limited to, any subject touching on the nature of existence, selfhood, metaphysics, and especially ontology. Any philosophical musings should be directed solely to the COO, or better yet, kept buttoned up in your fat yap. Thanks for your cooperation, (laughs) MacDonald Coburn, Chief Operating Officer, Anton! Yeah? When did they make me COO? Uh, I
4: mean, like, it changes every couple of weeks, right?
1: All right, well, okay, for the present, MacDonald Coburn, Chief Operating Officer, Admiral Gracie, LLC. Welcome aboard, Doctor. Uh,
2: Thank you very much. Is there some things that I must sign or
1: put Uh, my fingerprint to? Nah, you seem pretty smart. Come along.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much.
0: All right.
1: And and so... uh,
2: Yeah. Go up uh, onto the ship.
0: Get up in this bitch. Welcome back aboard, Chief Negotiating Officer (laughs) Mackie. And Chief Operating Officer Baptiste Yoshida. (laughs) (laughs) See? Welcome aboard, unregistered crew member and or passenger...
2: Ah, yes, hello. I believe your name is uh, Admiral Gracie, yes?
0: That is correct.
2: Ah, yes, hello, Admiral Gracie. My name is uh, Dr. Hildegard Hypatia Kate. Uh, If you may check my records, you will see that I am an expert. Are you a
0: medical doctor?
2: Uh, No, I am not a medical doctor. Do you have a PhD? Yes, of course I have a PhD. Is your
0: PhD in the field of physics, biology, chemistry, or material sciences?
2: Well, technically speaking, as uh, my undergraduate was in... uh, was in anthropology. It included some part of biology.
0: Welcome aboard, Miss Hypatia Cade. Uh, no,
2: I believe you have misunderstood. It is Dr. registered
0: as Miss Hypatia Cade. Welcome aboard,
2: Doctor Hildegard <laughs> Hypatia Cade, H.H. Cade. Thank you. You may look up my numerous publications. Now, please, if you would show me to my cabin. with Hildy joining the crew of the Admiral Grace we are going to leave you and pick up this story in part 2 of our pilot episodes thank you so much for listening we hope you're enjoying everything so far if you are please definitely give us a follow so you can keep up with us every week and uh, we will catch you in just a few minutes